0: hello and welcome to jasonnewland.com my name is jason newland this is hypnotic buffet number something i'm not sure which number it is so i do these uh, hypnotic buffets every monday apart from those mondays that i don't do it which is occasionally, and just in case you thought that you could hear a little fart, then that's just uh, because I farted. Sorry. I suppose I could have ed- I could have edited it out it uh, edited it out, but I'm um, incredibly lazy when it comes to recordings so I like to just keep it real you know start from the beginning and just finish at the end So the whole point of this session I'll talk about it in a minute but Andre's just done a big poo in the corner and it's a bit smelly it's a bit smellier than normal and um Oh. I've got the windows open but it's uh, it doesn't feel like a lot of air at the moment you know I went out earlier took Andre for a walk and I was out for about an hour and a half got back unless that was my fault. it was proper smelly and i it was early evening so i was back by half seven or seven thirty-four to be precise and it was so warm in here inside and i just couldn't figure out why i mean why is it so warm but there you go it's still warm it's not as warm as it was, because I had all the windows open wide but uh, I wish I had them open wide now just to let some air in. (sighs) Unless Andre's farted, maybe. Anyway back to the script, if only there was a script. This uh, is Hypnotic Buffet, the idea behind these originally was for me to talk about certain things uh you know depending on how I'm feeling and certain subjects certain you know to offer some ideas, you know, like if you were to go to a buffet of food, lots of different things that you can choose from, and you know you can maybe see. I know when I was um, in the past, I've been to places where there was food that I'd never seen before. I never did know what it was. You know when you look at something, you think, huh? Yeah. You know, it's like your brain doesn't really recognise that particular item. But then I'm looking around and other people are eating it. And they're still standing up. They're not. They're not spitting it out or yelling or running out of the door, disgusted. No one's phoning for an ambulance, so I figure the food's okay. So I might test it. You know, I might have a little taste. I don't. I, mean, I don't pick up something, take a bite, and put it in, put it back onto the table because people would see me. Plus it's, you know, disgusting thing to do, I suppose. But yeah. And sometimes I might test something and it'll be yummy. I'd be like, oh, it's nice. Sometimes I'll taste something and it'll be, yeah, well, I'm not going to write a poem about this piece of food. You know, it's just not quite as memorable. I still thought, mm, yeah, it's all right, and just, let's just move on with my life. Then other times I'll taste something and think, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. And that's fine, it doesn't matter. Because at least I've tested it, at least I've given it a chance. So that's what these things are for, you know? Because sometimes an idea is all it takes to test something, to try something new. You know, to loosen up those limitations that we all have. It's just maybe we have different limitations. And by limitations, I'm talking about things that limit you. Things that limit you, not things that affect other people. I'm not concerned with those things. I'm only concerned with things that limit your own happiness, your happiness, your well being. Things that limit your ability to deal with maybe problem people, people that are difficult or rude or you know, whatever it might be. Maybe the trouble, the limitations, might be difficulties in being able to accept yourself, accept who you are, you know, loosening those, I suppose, shackles, those chains, those, you know, limitations that are, uh, they're invisible, but they're as strong as the, sometimes as strong as the strongest metal i was going to say aluminium or aluminium then but that's not the strongest metal at all is it well that can be quite strong if you if you like squash it together so the idea is to loosen things and that's what i'm kind of trying to do with all of my sessions it's about loosening just loosening a little bit, you know, just, just a little bit loose here, a little bit loose there, just maybe pushing the boundaries a little bit. Maybe I can say something that, if you heard someone else say it, it might offend you, or you might act offended, but you don't with me because you know that I'm, my intention isn't to do that. and because I don't know you, you don't know me personally and I don't know your background or your history or anything like that and when you realise that you realise that actually if you can relax into listening to me and you realise maybe you can then do that with other people so therefore as the days go by leading forward from here Do you start to notice? Do you react or act differently to situations compared to how maybe you were before? Sometimes it can be really, really subtle. Other times Can be surprisingly obvious. I say surprisingly because when it does happen, you know, let's say in the next few days, maybe, for example, you go into a shop and you buy something at the counter, you know, you go to pay for it and Maybe the person is, you know, you say hello to them and maybe the person that's taking your money off you is unresponsive. You know, didn't want to talk to you maybe. Doesn't doesn't really sort of seem to want to engage in a conversation. And perhaps in the past that would have been, uh, you know, there'd have been a reaction from you about that and maybe you'd still be thinking about that when you were home, like four or five hours later and it still might be like playing on your mind but in a few days time or tomorrow or whenever you may realise that actually you don't need to react to that stuff. This is just an example, but maybe you realise that that person has got their own issues, their own stuff going on. Maybe they're in physical pain, but they can't tell you they're in physical pain because they're trying to be professional and they're working and they're being watched by their managers and supervisors or whoever's there watching them. They're also being watched by the customers. And that person... may really be suffering. And they're struggling just to do the job. Just to take the money, put the stuff in the carrier bags. Say thank you. Goodbye. Next please. And maybe they can't physically or emotionally... engage in... uh, some of the niceties that perhaps... They would like to, because they are emotionally or physically suffering or both. And I know this whole thing is like some people would say, well, that's their problem, that's their problem. Uh, I know not everyone goes, (coughs) but that's kind of what I hear. but it's everybody's problem if another person's suffering isn't that important to all of us because it ultimately affects all of us in a roundabout way because most people have a degree of suffering in their lives whether it's physical pain whether it's emotional pain we're all dealing with stuff we're all trying to move forward and I think realising that everybody is just a human being we're not robots we're not you know we're trying to get through things, we're trying to deal with things, maybe we're doing our best. It might have seemed like it. Sometimes it seems like people are just purposely being annoying or really don't care about what they're doing. But everything's deeper rooted. It might be because they're hungover from the night before. You know, they might have just... visited a relative, a close relative in a hospice before their shift started at work, you know, so there's people who are rude are suffering. It's kind of a weird one isn't it, the whole idea that and it is an idea, but it's just the idea that people that would be classed as responsible for causing other people's suffering are also suffering themselves. And if they weren't suffering, then they wouldn't be behaving in a way that they are which is perhaps then creating you know that relationship between themselves and somebody else which may result in suffering for the other person. I'm being careful with my words because you know realistically No one can make another person emotionally feel anything. You can't make somebody feel something. That's their reaction, but if you know someone's reaction, then manipulation, you know, it's a a standard thing that a lot of people do. But It's not making, they can't make you. I always like to think of the, on the tube station, in I think it's Bank, Bank tube station, there's an announcement that says, mind the gap, mind the gap. And there's a big gap between the train and the station, so clearly the, the platform's too small because I don't know of any other tube stations that say that. There might be others, but Bank is the one that was, I think, the most famous for saying it. I quite like the idea of that gap. So instead of having that play in mind the gap in our minds. Maybe we could use that tape recorder or that recording of, but change it to remember there's a gap, remember there's a gap and what I mean by that is There is a space between when somebody says something to you and your reaction to what they've said. There is a gap there. And I think that I know I do, and I'm sure perhaps everyone does at times. Sometimes I forget that there's a gap there, and I act as if, you know, I'm kind of face to face with that person, as if they're really in my space, when they're not, there's a gap. And I don't have to react, I don't even have to respond. I guess it's a bit like being in a castle and you've got the moat you know the big massive ditch full of water around the castle and the people on the other side you know that aren't in the castle can't get into the castle unless the drawbridge comes down because there's no other way in because the drawbridge is much higher up than the water. So, if someone even gets a boat and they go over, they can't get into the castle. So, if you've got someone standing on the water's edge, the edge of the moat, shouting an insult to you. reaction isn't really required I mean no action is required you think about it reaction it's an action to something so you don't have to act there's no acting necessary You think yourself, you know, you could think yourself as a Hollywood star, only act when you're getting paid. You know, Brad Pitt wouldn't act unless he was getting paid a lot of money. Or Anthony Hopkins. And the reason I chose those two is because they were both in a film together that I saw recently, I think. Or any other Hollywood movie star. They act. Because they get paid. They act because they want to act. Someone walked up to Anthony Hopkins. In the street and said. Oh do the Chianti thing from Hannibal. Go on do that. And I'm sure he would. Probably not do it. So it doesn't have to react. It doesn't have to go or whatever it was. It probably would have been better if I'd knew the sentence that was used in that particular film, but I can't remember. I think it was me is it me Mr Black that him and Brad Pitt are in together so if you remember there's a gap or shorten it to remember the gap remember the gap And you can actually think about it in the sense of a uh, like a little troll you know you've got the gap and this little troll with his little legs and every insult that a person might verbalize towards you is like a little troll a little maybe a little blue or green or yellow or pink or spotted or whatever with a big tail or funny ears, foaming mouth, twirling eyes, whatever it can be. Little growling troll, little arms, little legs. And each insult the troll represents comes towards you, It keeps falling down that gap disappears, each one, it's not big enough to jump over the gap. How much power can those little trolls, those little insults have? There's something quite nice, I think, if you just think just, you're standing there or you're sitting there, or laying down even, whatever your present position is just realizing that things, words, insults, insinuations, uh, anything that may be in the past, you know, you think about it, in the past, the trolls were still there. They're still little trolls. The gap was still there. But what you were doing is you were actually holding your hands out and grabbing the trolls and embracing them. You are welcoming the insults. You were helping them over the gap. Which would be the equivalent, I suppose, if you were in the castle, of letting the drawbridge down. why would you do that why would you help the trolls across the gap let them fall into the gap because you know eventually the insults will stop because the trolls would start to see their little friends falling down the gap to oblivion to never appear again and they'd be thinking mmm no I don't want to I don't want to go down that big gap never be seen again losing all the energy and losing any kind of power that maybe I feel I have at the moment and it will be gone got little fangs and they want to get their poison, want to dig their poisonous fangs into something to cause anger and hatred and frustration and emotional pain. But because they can't get over to the gap, what are they to do? And there's more and more of them as the insults come more and more. Eventually, there's no room. So, what do they do? They have no choice but to turn towards the person, the person that's releasing the insults to begin with. And you can see them climb all over that person. Stick the fangs into that person and let that hate go back to where it started from. Maybe this time something different happens, it's because those fangs that hatred that it would have tried to do to you actually changes, instead of putting more hatred back, more anger into that person, starts to put more love and kindness into that person. person on the other side of that gap, to then face their own issues which you're not part of, because you don't have to have anything to do with anybody, you don't want to. nobody has the right to bully or abuse any person in fact it's illegal in, well, in my country to bully and abuse It's kind of interesting, I think, to, to think about the idea that when someone is being... We're saying nasty things, you know, personal insults. And they're doing it because they themselves are really, really suffering. Because if they were happy, if they were peaceful, that have had no no reason, absolutely no reason, to be hateful, that have no reason to want to cause another person pain, if they themselves felt at peace and had acceptance of themselves and awareness. Awareness of the fact that all of us, although being different, we all have a lot in common. We all have fragile bodies. Bodies that can be hurt physically. We will have fragile brains. Again, we need to look after our bodies and our brains. And maybe start to look after other people's as well, realizing that their bodies and their brains are also fragile. All of us have emotions. All of us, whether or not, we show them, whether we allow other people to experience how we feel, verbally at least, because no one's going to know or understand how you feel unless they're actually you. Because we're all different, we all feel things differently, we all see things differently, perceive things differently. Yet we've got so much in common. More in common than then we have difference I would say and that gap remember the gap allows you that space Maybe think about things. So perhaps something's happened during the day, or maybe it's you know been a difficult telephone conversation, or perhaps you've seen something on television or on a movie or whatever it might be, that's maybe stimulated a feeling or reminded you of something from the past or You know, the word trigger is used quite often these days, um, maybe a little bit overused. But we use the word trigger for this scenario, because anything can be a trigger. Anything is just a case of something stimulates a thought or an emotion, a song, a smell, you know, just a sound or seeing a person that perhaps you haven't seen for a long time or maybe somebody that looks very similar to somebody that you used to know. thing about remember the gap is that in those moments when you actually do perhaps have a a trigger or stimulus or stimulator whatever you want to call it you can take a little time because it's the other side of the gap you've already naturally in that moment you have that distance that you can use to your advantage take a bit of a a break to allow yourself some time to either adjust how you're feeling to maybe to examine your thoughts about this particular thing that you're thinking about so instead of reacting Like a light switch. You know, the light you you click a light switch, the light comes on. Instant reaction. Press the light switch, the light comes on. Well with this is you can think of it as a dimmer switch. Can press the light on, but the light can be turned off still, even though it's on. It just means that you decide if you want to turn the light up just a little bit, maybe you want to turn it up to its full brightness, or perhaps you want to just leave it off because it's your choice. And sometimes it can feel really nice to remember that you have that choice. Every time you remind yourself to remember the gap, which just gives you some space some time to just decide what it is that you decide what you want to do Because nobody can make you feel anything and I know it's it's kind of natural verbal behavior to talk as if somebody made us feel and it's part of common language, especially in my country, um, I don't know about your country because I know that people from all over the world are listening to this. But in my country, a term such as uh, he made me feel this, or you make me feel this way, and it's false because all they're saying really is my emotional state is this when it's a reaction to whatever it is that a person has done so if you know even have a in a nice way if someone gives you flowers the way you feel is a reaction to that event they have not made you feel loved inside that's your response to receiving the flowers your response is feeling loved and I think in those moments you don't need to remember a gap. The gap's not necessary. Because you're feeling wonderful. And you can enjoy that feeling. And you deserve to enjoy that feeling. And you deserve to have more of those feelings with or without flowers being involved and that's where the gap can come in as well because then you can remember the gap and you can remember that actually you can feel loved without receiving flowers without receiving gifts you can feel that feeling of feeling loved, because you are loved. And if you're boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, brother, sister, son, daughter, niece, nephew, father, mother, auntie, uncle, whatever, best friend, whoever they may be, and somebody loves you. That's Andre sneezing in the background. He always sneezes when I get all... All emotional <laughs> just like I love Andre and I tell him every day it's a weird thing but I do every night before I go to bed I put him in his cage and he's he's got his own little bed in there and it's a big big old cage thing but um, I give him a kiss put him in the in the bed and sometimes he's already asleep so he gets, to, he gets to run of the house My home All day long from, from when I wake up Until I go to bed He can pretty much do what he wants But when I go to bed He goes to bed And I will say Andre I love you Before I go into the You know Go into bed And go to sleep And it might seem strange that I'm telling a little ferret, a little fairy ferret, with a smelly bum, that I love him, but I do love him, and I guess it feels nice for me to say that, whether or not he recognises any of that, I don't know. So again is that gap between me saying it, whether he feels it or not, I feel it by saying kind things to him. I feel good. When I tell him that I love him, I feel loved. do wonder sometimes about the whole telling people how we feel about them or towards them you know I've seen is it eulogies at funerals where people have maybe talked about the person who's passed away and how important they are how you know important they were to their life and much they cared about that person I've seen things online I've seen obituaries I've seen all kinds of things where such lovely things have been said about the person I do wonder how many of those people said it to the person while they were alive I wonder how, what that would be like I do try and do this with I've got a friend who uh, he lives in London and he, he helped me a lot over the years and I've told him a few times how much he's helped me and how much I appreciate what he's done to help me and each time I've said it he, I know he doesn't like it I know that he feels very, very awkward um, when I say it, because, well, I don't know why it might be he's not used to it, or maybe he doesn't believe it. Maybe he doesn't see himself that way. But I do believe if you, you know, The way I see it is, if by being negative and being really hostile towards somebody and trying to um, break down their confidence and telling someone that they're no good and they're useless and they're stupid and they're an idiot and all that stuff, then that person starts to believe it eventually. Perhaps, you know, if they keep hearing it for years and years and years, it might not even be that, take that long for them to believe it. So it works the other way as well. Telling someone how, how great they are. Telling someone how bright they are, how intelligent they are, how loving they are, how important they are, how worthwhile they are. How important you are. How worthwhile you are. How you make a difference to the world. How you have made a difference to people's lives. Some people that you may never know, may never ever hear about. But you've had an effect on their life. In a really wonderful way. In a healing way. And the more you hear that, the more you absorb that. The more you absorb and the more you really believe and accept within you that you really are a pretty amazing person. And you deserve to be happy. You really do deserve to be happy. As I said that, I I remembered the gap and I left a little gap. And honestly, what I just heard there was Andre farting. It was a really long zip, a zip type fart. It's like like that. I think in some some of the sessions in the past I might have gone off track a little bit. But I want you to remember that even when I'm messing around, even when I'm joking about, even when I'm quite a light-hearted person generally, you know, with this stuff, I try not to get to. Um, serious about myself anyway. I'm serious about what I do and I do care and I do, I'm trying to make a difference and I do hope that what I do with these recordings is useful. Hear yeah, the music in the background. I think they're enjoying their bank holiday evening. I hope that wherever you are, that you're enjoying your evening or your daytime. And every session that I make has the underlying, the underlying message. A few different underlying messages, but is that reducing the amount of beliefs and opinions that, that you may have, or that I may have? Some of the things are of no use, and it's probably millions that we all have, and we could probably give most of those up and would still be a whole person, would still be, you know, able to function really, really, really well, in fact, much better than perhaps we do when we're bogged down with these limited thoughts and opinions. Because by doing that, it reduces anger, reduces hatred, and allows you to get more in touch with appreciating yourself, to actually have acceptance for who you are, to like yourself, you know? I know that a lot of self-help books and courses and things that, are, you know, you can read, and talk about loving yourself. Of course, that's a wonderful thing, but let's like ourselves. There's people that I kind of feel obligated to love that I don't like very much. So maybe learn to like yourself, and if there's something about yourself you don't like, if it's a behavior, you know, maybe getting angry about things that are really not important. Maybe it's a prejudice. We've all got prejudices. It's about letting go of things and, you know, we've all got work to do with that stuff. We've all kinds of stuff. None of us are perfect. It's good not to be perfect. It means then you've got awareness. I think my idea of a perfect person would be someone that would be completely oblivious to anything, and they'd be happy and they you know they wouldn't possibly just walk across the road wouldn't even look because they wouldn't even think that a car would hit them. We still need to be careful. We still need to be aware. Still need to watch out for our safety and the safety of others. We can also do that and be happy. Happier. Maybe that's the maybe that's the goal: is to be happier. Because a lot of these say a lot of these self-help books. I've read a few over the years, so you know, I kind of gone down that road uh, for, since 1990. Well, really the self-help books by 1989, I think. I think I wrote, read The Road Less Travelled in 1989. As the first one, I kind of read. I've, you know, read a few over the years. But some of the self-help books really seem to talk about the end of the journey, the final destination, the being happy, the being completely positive, the being you know, that kind of perfection. Why not aim for being happier? aim for liking yourself there's all this talk about loving yourself how about liking yourself how about looking inside and thinking what is it i like about it? what do you like about yourself and you don't need to focus on what you don't like about yourself because when you look for what you like You also see the things you don't like, you know, it's all, it's all in there. It's like flicking through different TV channels, you know. I think they used to be called surfing, didn't it? Surfing on the television before the internet arrived, you know, by going through the different television channels. So in order to find the channel that you do want to watch, you're gonna go through maybe a hundred, maybe two hundred, maybe more channels that you don't wanna watch. Maybe some that you could watch, but you're not worried. Maybe some that you really don't like. And I guess it's kind of a, a bit like the buffet. If we go all full circle back to the buffet. If you eat something that you really, really don't like, why would you put any more of that on your plate, there'd be no point with that. You know if you try on shoes, then you need to wear shoes that fit you and that are comfortable you know just grab the first pair of shoes and just buy them you have to try them on first even if it's your size But I'm a size 10 but not every size 10 shoe fits me and I'm not talking about high heels I'm talking about you know general shoes for men not you know I'm not talking about every single shoe in the world Clogs. I don't think I could wear clogs. I like comfort. Plus I don't want everyone from 100 miles away knowing that I'm (laughs) coming I'm walking near them clogging away. But you need to try the shoes on. I know some people go for how things look and with things such as high heel shoes and with the pressure of society on some people that take that pressure on to put looks ahead of comfort yet be you know go out in high heels and be happy because the shoes are beautiful and they maybe they feel that their legs look shapelier or whatever the, you know, visual benefit may be, or maybe the person wearing the high heels feels really good about themselves. And all those things are really nice, you know, positive, they feel good, they feel that their legs look nice, therefore they feel good, they feel attractive, and they like the look of the shoes. And so they're happy with that, for example. However, how comfortable are those shoes? And, you know, I've worked in nightclubs in the past, and the amount of people that I've seen who were practically, could hardly walk in shoes when they entered the club. And by the end of the night, They had to carry the shoes. They couldn't walk in them anymore. And they had blisters. And they were discomfort. I've seen people fall over. Because they struggled to walk in them. Just for appearance. Just. But also because they felt good. But the reason they felt good. Is because. There's that. Pressure. There's that belief. A belief that the opinions of other people and taking on those beliefs ourselves. Now I don't have to worry about wearing high heels because I I don't wear them. I have done though, I wore high heels in, when I was at school, I was doing drama, so I used to dress up in uh, various different clothes to wear makeup didn't have to just liked it and the they've also had girlfriends and I've tried I tried their high heels on but because my feet's always been bigger than any uh, of the girlfriends I've had because I'm a size 10 and I've never been out with a, a woman that's had a size 10 foot. I have tried high heels on, I've never found them to be very comfortable, it's so really uh, highly uncomfortable. But this session isn't about high heels, but to have comfortable shoes, to try them on, in the same way as the buffet try something. And if you get some shoes that are really they're pinching your toes, why would you buy them? And when I want to start talking about the shoes. That's when I started realising that actually there's a whole group, millions and millions of people that buy shoes that are uncomfortable. Purposely They don't don't buy them purposely because they're uncomfortable, but they actually buy them even though they're uncomfortable. And I don't relate to that because I can't do that with my feet and my toes. I had problems with my toes when I was younger and I have to have plenty of room. I can't believe I'm talking about my toes. That wasn't what this session was about. So buy comfortable, buy comfortable shoes, that's what this is all about. And maybe aim to learn to like yourself. you know, because people can oops, I just banged the table there I know somebody that's got a got a son and doesn't have anything to do with him because he has such different beliefs to her and instead of just loving him which I'm sure she does Uh, and accepting that you don't necessarily have to like the person that you love and you don't have to like everything about them and as a parent or as a child you know with a parent if the parent's elderly or whatever they may have some really outlandish views on some things and we don't have to like those aspects of the person in order to care about them. As you focus on those things that you like about yourself, you may notice that actually you liking yourself can actually transform the way you feel about yourself, and it can transform. different aspects of your life as you move forward towards more happiness and acceptance. So I'm going to bring this an end. I should have said only listen and you can safely close your eyes but what I'll do is, um, it's on the website and it's on everything I do anyway so hopefully you know if you're watching this on the website there's a big thing saying that and so that's it. My name is Jason Newland my website is jasonnewland.com you can actually subscribe to my sessions on my website at the top of the page there is a a little form that you can fill in and I will send all my new sessions to you by email and in each session I put a download link which you can just download it instantly as an mp3 I also have a stream which is on speaker, and a stream which is embedded and a stream embedded from SoundCloud so it's, it's completely up to you whatever sort of suits you really and the stream if you look at the stream because if you're thinking how long does the session last just look at the stream because it will tell you how long the session is and then as I said you can just download it to your laptop or PC or phone and listen to it at a different time if you want. And that goes for all of my sessions that I've got on my website. Everything's downloadable, everything's streamable as well. Either you know with the Spreaker or SoundCloud embed. So that's the end of this session. I wish you beautiful week ahead, and I will see you next Monday, with this hypnotic buffet, so bye for now, lots of love, bye.